You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Melanie, I am so excited to have you today as a guest on the Beauty Debut Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to talk with me about the industry. Absolutely. Thank you, Claudia, for having me on. I'm really excited. Melanie, now many people that work with you know you as you know, the aesthetic trainer, you're a mentor, you develop protocols for Mario Tricosi Salon and Day Spas in Chicago. And, you know, but what people probably might not know is how did you get to that point? How did you become that? And how did you get your start in beauty? Yeah, that's a, that's a loaded question. So yeah, I'm going to start off with a bang. (laughs) Yeah. Start off with a bang for sure. So yeah, I've been in this business for about 10 years now, probably a little bit longer than that. And I originally started off in makeup. So I was always very like artsy growing up. I loved you know, color and painting. And I just had this natural knack for makeup applications. So like all my family would ask me to do their makeup. And it just happened, you know, I had this opportunity to become a makeup artist and um, worked with the company as like a prestige consultant. And it worked really nicely for me. Um, But at the end of the day, I really wanted to try helping people with the concerns of their skin instead of just covering it up with makeup and you know foundations and powders i really wanted to learn more about why people were experiencing those skin conditions and instead of covering it up um, you know help people to really enjoy the skin that they're in and really boost their confidence so from there i sort of did some research um, transitioned into you know aesthetics eventually but i actually started off at mario as a receptionist. So that was my first introduction into, you know, the beauty industry, really. Um, And from there, it just kind of built from there. So I I put myself through aesthetic school while I was working as a receptionist and then transitioned into a spa coordinator position, which was great because I worked with all of these, you know, beautiful longtime spa technicians. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot and I took school very seriously. And then after that, uh, I went through a Mario's training program, realized how superior our education program was. And I just like hit the ground running once I was an esthetician. So yeah, I I love, I absolutely love what I do. Yeah. And that's one thing that I always, I mean, you know, you, you know, you and I both have worked for Mario um, at different points in our careers. And I do have to always credit my skills from the advanced training that Mario Tricosi's salon and spas offers their estheticians. And I think that's so important and so valuable. It's really an irreplaceable thing that, you know, you, you, you're not going to get everywhere that you begin working out of school. So it truly was an, an amazing start to my career. And I can tell that you probably feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely quite unique. Um, you know, just, knowing people that have been in the industry have worked at other places and this is not something that typically is offered when um, someone is new to a company so I think it really sets us apart our education just in general across the board whether you know you're into hair or nails or aesthetics or massage um, really no matter what department that you are in you are going to receive incredible, incredible education. So that for me was my biggest, you know, draw towards Mario, because I always saw them as, you know, 
the best of the best. You know, I was a Chicago girl and I was like, you know, this, they just have this superior reputation of being the best and I need to know what it's all about. And that's really why um, I started off as a receptionist and then kind of built my way up. I always took, you know, that opportunity super seriously because I just, I thought it was so incredible. I was so happy to, you know, be with the company. Yeah, I love that you, you know, obviously when you were going through your aesthetic school program that you were able to work as a receptionist at Mario because I think, um, you know, that really just probably gave you such a great foundation for appreciating all the areas of the salon business and especially being a spa coordinator, you know, dealing with scheduling and making sure everything is running smoothly, probably really set you up for, for even more success as you became the aesthetic educator. And how did that come about? How did you get that role? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I get that question a lot, um, especially because I'm quite young. So I, I think a lot of people are always like, wait, like, how, how are you the educator? Um, especially if I like interview people and then I meet them in person. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, it definitely was to my advantage of, you know, having that first view of the behind the scenes of how everything works and how people manage schedules and built their business. I think that to me was the biggest advantage um, because when you're in school, you don't really, you know, get that firsthand experience. You're getting hands-on practice. Of course, you're getting, you know, skin physiology and all of that good stuff, but um, it's, it's not touched on or stressed quite nearly enough uh, as it could be. And it also is just it's better if you get that firsthand view. So definitely I encourage, you know, anybody that's considering working in the beauty industry, like get your foot in the door right away so that you can start getting some experience. But so for me, um, I had put myself through aesthetic school and then I waited a little bit for um, a training program to be put into place. And my trainer was Michelle Bakuros. Um, at the time, and she was great. She was incredible. She was really hardcore and like really gung-ho on her product knowledge and like put pressure on us. And it was really, really vigorous training and very much needed. Um, And so after I became an esthetician, I was actually number 18 of 18 estheticians at our Oak Brook location, which is one of our flagship locations. It's Mm -hmm. actually one of the largest locations that we have. And I just took it super seriously. I treated every receptionist, every um, technician that whether they did hair or nails, I treated them like they were my clients. I kept them on a schedule. I kept, you know, I took it really seriously because it was like a firsthand practice at how do I build my business? Um, I never sat in a break room. I didn't sit around. I always tried to stay busy. I participated in events. So if that meant me, you know, interacting with you know, complete strangers on the salon floor, just introducing myself um, and kind of building myself up from there. Um, that's sort of what, where my one-up was with with being an educator. So um, I worked as an esthetician for about two years at the Oak Brook location, definitely built myself up really, really fast um, to the point where Cheryl Santucci, um, our director of aesthetics and retail Um, and beauty at the time approached me and was just like, like, what are you doing, girl? Like you are doing something good. She was like tracking all of my progress, all of my numbers since I had hit the floor. And she initially wanted me to help with this um, new beauty program that she was launching on the makeup floor, like in the makeup department. It was for licensed makeup artists and it was meant to be like a peel series, just like a nice on the go type of treatment, lunch type of um, services. Mm-hmm. And so I oversaw that whole training. I developed like an intake form and all of the training material. Um, and she was really impressed. And so the day that we actually performed the training, she offered me the aesthetics educator position. And I was just in complete shock um, because at this point, I still felt like a baby esthetician. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, I've always sort of been like this type A person, quite organized, you know, took this career very seriously. And she saw that in me and offered me that position. And I've never looked back. It was incredible. And that happened about five years ago now. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that, Melanie. And, you know, one thing I wanted to kind of segue into is 
you know, when you get a position like that, you know, you're celebrating, you're like, this is amazing. And you have this whole vision of, you know, what you think you're going to accomplish, what you want to accomplish. You kind of like paint a picture in your head of how it's going to be. And is that really what happened for you? Was it everything you thought it would be when you became yeah. that? <laughs> well, so I'll actually, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my mom here at this point because I am type A and I am a little bit anxious of a person. So I remember when I got offered the position, I talked to my mom and I was like, this is a big role. Like, this is, this is big. I don't, am I ready for this? Like, are people going to, you know, trust what I say or how I teach? Like, how is this even going to go? Um, and my mom told me, and I will never forget this. She was like, listen, like, if you turn this down, you will always wonder how this could have possibly have went for you. Like you, you need to do this and you need to take this challenge. And she's like, I believe in you. And like, you need to believe in yourself and you need to just go for it. And if you hate it, then you hate it. Um, she's like, but I think you're going to be great at it. She always thought that I should have meant I was like meant to be a teacher so mm -hmm. it's really funny that it worked out that way um, but definitely I think it's quite more than what I ever anticipated I think when I first began you know it definitely was just strictly education but then with time um, you know that position definitely grew where I was then taking on you know larger portions of that position where I'm now overseeing like the developing of, you know, creative protocols and how to target specific guests and um, definitely becoming more of a mentor and building that relationship with, you know, people that have been employed with us for over 20 years. So I definitely feel like it's been more than what I ever, ever anticipated. And, you know, for those maybe that, um, you know, haven't worked in a big corporate type salon and spa, you know, what is the aesthetic educator's role? And maybe you can kind of walk us through, I'm, I'm sure there's not a typical day in the life, but maybe kind of give us an idea of what <laughs> your job is like day in and day out. And like, you know, maybe someone might be interested in aspiring to that kind of role in their career. So what is it all about? What do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do a lot. <laughs> it's like really crazy to think about it. So um, I don't have a typical day, which I think is the most amazing part about my position is that I really never know what a day is going to hold. Um, so typically what I do is four times a year, um, I do a new hire aesthetics training. So since we have 13 locations that I hire for, typically I try to um, hire multiple people at one time. That way I have a training class of at least, you know, four to eight people, depending on the hiring needs. Um, so that could be typically something that I'm doing. And I will create a whole outline of what that training program would be like. It usually will range anywhere from two to six weeks, depending on the amount of experience that the person has. However, I do train a lot of um, new hire estheticians that are like straight from school, which is really, really fun. Um, but in that sense, typically I'm giving them a little bit more of my time because they need more experience. Um, but then in between that, I also, um, like I said, I develop, you know, protocols and I have to keep track of my spa treatment room and, um, you know, I communicate with, with my team. And so like, let's say if we launch a new facial treatment, I oversee all of the education piece that gets launched with it, as well as um, we actually have our own e-learning platform that we've developed, and it's super amazing. So I make a lot of content for that um, that gets uploaded, and then we get views, so we can do some trainings like that. Um, and then I'm also a CE sponsor as well, so continuing education for estheticians that have been with us long-term or short-term, um, whatever it may be. So throughout, when it, like in between those, you know, four trainings I do per year, usually I'm doing uh, a new training launch or some sort of CE class. And then of course, I always take my own education quite serious as well. So um, I, I also will either attend maybe, you know, like an iSpot or something like that that I can learn 
learn from um, because we don't we don't stop learning in this industry. No. So I myself as an educator, I have to keep learning as well. So there's a lot of things that happened in, in between and um, also during training. So it's a lot of uh, juggling of responsibilities, but I, I really like it. I enjoy it. And I, yeah. I take on challenge well. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it must be fun because, you know, a day is never the same and, and you're having then to go to all these different locations throughout your work week, or do you plan visiting these places just on a rotation? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah, so usually it's strategically. So like, let's say, for instance, we just launched Hydrafacial and we noticed that maybe there's a certain location like a Bloomingdale or Crystal Lake whose numbers maybe aren't all the way up. They're not performing. So I'll actually visit locations throughout the week as well when I'm free. Um, and I will do continuing education for them as well. So I'll come in and visit, kind of try to uncover maybe what their fears are. Um, maybe some of their concerns or confusion on a protocol, and then I'll walk through with them. So the education really never stops. I really enjoy one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, I also like to help them build their business as well. So we have these like business building meetings where we kind of analyze their numbers and, you know, compare to last year and see maybe what they could be doing differently. Or if they haven't seen a guest in a long time, how to reach out to these guests and just Get themselves exposed. I mean, it really never ends. And also, I, I love my relationship with my esthetician. So there's really an open door as well. So if someone reaches out and says, hey, Mel, like I'm having an issue doing an ultrasonic treatment. I don't know how what I'm doing wrong. I feel like it's not working properly. Um, I mean, it really could be any of those types of situations. Or I'm not feeling you know, good about my Brazilian waxes. They're taking way too long and I really want to get the time down. I want to do some pointers with you or maybe I don't know how to do hard wax. So it really can be different at all times. I mean, I teach a lot of different subjects, um, everything from like skin physiology to product knowledge and hands-on training of waxing and facials as well as massage. So there's, there's a lot of ways that I can help my team day in and day out. So I try to do my best um, keeping the lines of communication open. Wow, that sounds really fulfilling. I mean, it sounds like the ultimate in aesthetics that you still get to practice, you still get to teach, you still get to kind of, you know, get in there and get your hands on, um, you know, with training. And I mean, it just, it just sounds to me so fulfilling because it's what you love and you get to really just take it to the next level every single day. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I might not have a clientele per se, because I don't perform services on our guests. Mm -hmm. However, I have this relationship with these technicians, these estheticians that I find just to be so fulfilling, like they okay. make my day. I know mm -hmm. everybody by name. Um, I know everything about them. And I absolutely love it. It's, it's an incredible feeling. Um, when people are excited to see you, it, it's very welcoming and I, I really, I enjoy it so much. I love that. Now you have to dish with us a little bit. So with all of these, you know, four times a year training classes, I'm sure you get a mixture of personalities. Um, what, <laughs> to say the least. I, I'm going to say that the nice way. Yeah. What has been... <laughs> Can you share with us maybe what has like been one of the craziest things that's happened during one of your training classes with new hires? Is there anything that stands out where you're like, oh my God, I cannot believe that just happened? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so I'm actually in a training class right now, Monday through Friday. And um, yeah, definitely it's tough because a lot of aesthetic schools do not teach waxing. So during training, waxing day is the most stressful. Um, <laughs> lots of lots of wine gets gets drank after class because um, it is it's quite intense because they don't get trainings on on waxing. I mean, they kind of get thrown into it and then they kind of just go with it. So it's really hard to help people break a bad habit, especially with waxing. So showing them my techniques. Um, but I would say Brazilians are the hardest 
thing ever. Um, yes. um, and just the other day, literally just this week, we were doing eyebrow waxing. So I was, you know, teaching how to sculpt an eyebrow and really shape. I'm a, I'm a huge eyebrow girl. And um, this girl's waxing and we're all watching. We're all around the bed. And she removed a strip of wax and then she literally had a little bit of wax left on the skin, took that whole strip that still had wax on it, went back to go get the wax off and literally ripped half the girl's eyebrow off. It was like, oh. it happened in a matter of seconds and everybody, I was just like, no, 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 no. Oh, oh. and it just like already had happened and we oh. were all like, oh my goodness. So that, um, that is not the first time that's happened. Um, well, actually with eyebrows, I will say that is the first time. However, Brazilians oh, are always. Oh, yeah, like, I bet. It's, oh, God. I mean, I've had, I've had a class of 10 girls where, um, you know, we're taking models. I'll do like a mock spa day type of situation because I have a very large spa training room. Um, and so I have about five beds in there. And so what I did was I had five estheticians at the time and I put dividers up between each bed so that, you know, everybody that came as a model had their privacy. And mm -hmm. I took people from our office and people um, who were working with us as new hire trainees invited people that they knew would be willing to come in for services. So I at one point have had like five Brazilians happening simultaneously where I'm literally running back and forth between each divider and like switching out gloves each time and making sure I'm walking from them through holding properly and removal properly. And uh, I've yelled at people plenty of times, <laughs> like, what did you do? You ripped right. someone's skin off. Like what happened? You need to wait yeah. for me. Yeah. So that has always been the craziest of days is waxing for sure. Yeah, you so got if five listening to me. laying yeah. out oh. like exposed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, oh, yeah. I just want to say thank you to all the models that have ever volunteered your bodies, your hair, <laughs> your skin to the beauty industry because it's always a risk, right? <laughs> when you come in oh, as yeah. a quote unquote model, it's like, oh, these poor girls. But yeah, so you have these five oh, yeah. girls laying out and then you have these five newbies practicing Brazilians. I mean, I can't even imagine oh. that room energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I always try to make it really fun. So that's typically the day where I'm not playing spa music on my speaker. So I usually mm -hmm. have something like really like fun and upbeat going and we're all kind of like jamming out and it's like a really fun wax day. Yeah. Um, however, for the models, I will say sometimes it's not the funnest, but I do. I really, really appreciate people that come in. I mean, I've had my boyfriend come in. I've had his brother come in, my mom and sisters, like whoever I can get. Um, I, I try to get as many people as possible because for Brazilian waxes, for really anything. So oh, I'm just gonna. I'm just trying to pick. Waxing. Like, I don't think I could have my mom come in for a Brazilian. I think that would be like no. Okay. Oh no no no. Yeah no. no. I don't even think that she would offer herself up to that. But no, for sure, like underarms or arms. Ah uh, okay um, okay. But yeah, I mean, any any firsthand you know, exposure that they can get to different hair types and skin types. Yeah. It definitely puts them in an advantage. So I, I try to get them as much practice as possible. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, <laughs> kudos to you and to the newbies because that is, that is one of the scariest services to really get in there and get confident with. And, you know, once you master it, it's, it's so easy and it's like, you could do, you know, in and out really quick, but in the beginning, right, you're sweating yeah, bullets. Literally, yeah, you have to sweating. get in there. Literally. You have to get. <laughs> you do. You have to get in there, ladies. <laughs> um, so, with all of that, I mean, your job sounds incredible. I think it sounds um, like a dream job. And, you know, from your years of experience, now you said you've been doing it probably a little bit over five years. What is, well, I guess I should say, what have you learned? You know, what have you learned from your role as being a mentor and educator? Like, what has this taught you about yourself or about life or the business in general? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me and my role, definitely I've learned to be extremely flexible. Um, so being able to 
pivot last minute and really be able to prioritize, you know, what is most important at that point of that day, because really it's like a day-to-day thing that happens. Um, There's constantly things happening, you know, like we have some big news coming soon that I can't say. I have to keep that on on the low, but we definitely have some new things coming up that we're super excited about. And you know, just mid-training, being able to be flexible and really adjust to the needs of the business day by day and really just, like I said, have that pivoting moment where I'm able to prioritize a project and really hammer it out, get it done with by maybe the end of the week, whatever time I'm working on. Um, And then also in general, like I think a lot of people initially, because I oversee 120 estheticians spanned over 13 locations, just learning to be more open to different personalities as well. Um, I definitely thrive with people. Like I'm definitely a people person, like being an esthetician, we're touching people like physically and literally you can touch someone's life by making changes in their skin. And so now transitioning that into being a mentor and breaking down barriers with maybe people that wouldn't be as open with you with sharing maybe what they felt like they weren't good at, especially because I am younger. So I remember initially there was quite a few people that were sort of just like, well, like, you know, what does she know? Like that type of attitude towards Mm -hmm. me. And Mm -hmm. I learned how to not take it personally because you don't really know me. So at that point I was just like, you know what? kill them with kindness and I'm just going to prove myself to you Um, and you know five and a half years later I can gladly say that I've broken down all of those barriers with all of those people and I they now see me as a mentor and I'm really happy that I just proved myself the right way I didn't take it personally I didn't get offended Um, and I just you know I was like you know I get it I get it this is someone new you knew that I worked at a location but you don't really know much about me Um, And then from there, I think they just know that my intentions are good and that I really want to help them grow and build their business and be the best that they can be. And once they got that from, from getting to know me, they were like, okay, this, this girl's all right. Uh, I guess we'll keep her around for a while. And it definitely has uh, been really, really beautiful experience to grow that relationship too. Yeah. And I bet that must be hard, you know, because like you said, you were younger, um, when you got this role and, you know, but I think it was smart of you not to take it personally. Cause a lot of times it's really not <clears throat> about you. It's really about that person maybe having a little bit of, you know, it could be a lot of things that they could have that attitude. It could be their own insecurity. It could be their own questioning of, you know, maybe why didn't I go for that job? You know what I mean? It could be a lot of exactly. other underlying things yeah. and, yeah, you, you've paved your way, you paid your dues and you proved yourself. So that must feel amazing. Yeah, it, it is. And I honestly, I truly feel like I was made for this position because, um, you know, I, I know like my mom, again, she used to tell this story about me when I was younger. I, I was always very studious. Like I was always a very good student, but I was raised by a single mom, you know, in Chicago, and she worked like crazy. And I remember her coming home late some nights, and I was supposed to be in bed, and little Melanie is still up waiting with her homework for my mom to check it. And my mom was like, why are you awake? And I'm like, you need to check my homework before I I go to bed. I need to make sure that my homework's all good to go before school tomorrow. Um, and my mom is now like, this makes total sense that you're an educator now. She's like, because even back then, I just, you put so much pressure on you to be, you know, good. And now Mm. you're teaching people with that same sort of sense to it. So yeah, I really do feel like this, this worked out really great. I, it it all aligned and I'm very thankful. That's wonderful. I love hearing when people are really happy with what they do. You know, they get up, they're excited to go to work. You know, they just are very passionate. So thanks for sharing that. I love that. Yeah. Now, because you've obviously have, you know, met many different personalities, as we kind of talked about, you manage over a hundred estheticians. I'm sure you've interviewed tons of estheticians. Um, What are your top three tips for a new esthetician just graduating from school? 
Yeah. So, so that's actually a part of my role that I forgot to mention. I'm also a recruiter. Um, so part of my position is, you know, when I'm not in salons or in a training class, I'll actually visit beauty schools and, you know, get to know some of the people in the schools. I typically will always kind of break the ice by going around the room and finding out why they even began the aesthetics program, you know, what drew drew them to it, when they're going to graduate, how far along they are in the program, um, and then also where they see that career going. Um, one of the biggest that I feel like I get told, if I have like a class of 25 people, probably 20 people say, I'm going to own my own business. I'm going to, you know, open my own business, run my own spa. Um, so that is a really popular answer. And maybe even me as a baby esthetician, maybe for a hot second, thought that too. Uh -huh. um, but having the backside of it and, you know, overseeing so many locations, um, there's so many details to everything that you need in order to even start your own business. So one of the first things I would definitely say is um, just be open to learning get some experience first before you think that you're just going to jump into this because you need to start somewhere. Um, and always, I mean, my pitch is always, you know, obviously I want them to come work for us because I know that I can do my best to try to shape them as much as possible and really get, you know, some good habits in them right away from the get-go. Um, but really to new graduates, learning has just begun, honestly. Um, this is not something where, you know, once you've, you, once you're done with school, it's like, that's all over and done with. No, the studying has just begun. Um, you might have been a little stressed in school because it's brand new to you. But I think in general, as an esthetician, we always need to know what type of new ingredients are relevant and how they function in the skin. Um, and also realize that your guests are more savvy than you think. So, um, you know, if you don't know about it, you might get questioned and they might know more about an ingredient or product more so than you. Um, so just being open to learning and being professional in the way that you carry yourself. I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, so from the way that you speak to your whole look, you should just really, they need to keep in mind that they're going to be drawing people towards them that are similar. So in that sense, if you really want to draw that business to you, you really have to put out this image of yourself as being very professional and taking this very seriously. Um, at the end of the day, we're not just like rubbing products on the skin and making people feel good. We can really make true change in the skin. So learning is going to be, you know, very important and putting themselves out there. Um, so if you're a little bit more introverted, you know, start practicing now, go places, try to speak with people, try to spark up conversations, because essentially, you're going to be doing this when you get booked a new appointment. So the more practice that you can get at chatting with people and being empathetic and getting to know people and hearing their stories of, you know, their lives, I think that is going to be something that you're going to continue doing throughout your whole you know, career. So the earlier that you can get good at that, I think that's, you know, super important and just being really open, you know, being really, really open, being studious. There's so many different technologies out there. Um, you know, we have like ultrasonics and, you know, hydrofacials and microdermabrasion and nano needling and all of these cool things out there. And they should all know about it. Make sure that you know about it because if not, your guest is probably Googling it, you know, yeah. so you should be that person educating them too. Absolutely. That's great advice for somebody new. I think it is really important when you get out of school, you know, to kind of take a step back and to know that it's really going to serve you best in the long run. If you do some type of mentorship program, or you're going to work, you know, maybe not for your dream company, let's say, because obviously Mario Tricosi isn't in every city yet, <laughs> but, um, you mm -hmm. know, you have to go work at a corporate type of spa. It really will serve you to learn some fundamentals before you go out on your own. Oh, absolutely. And even if, you know, they were to work at a European wax center, like mm -hmm. if that's going to get you good at waxing, you know, and if you don't have an educator, I'd say watch as many videos as you can. Um, I see a lot of like flicking of the wrist with people yes. that are new out of school. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, 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 like, 
do you want carpal tunnel? I'm sure you want to be doing this for a really long time. So I always try to like correct, you know, how they're holding or just even like their posture when they're sitting mm -hmm. in their chair and they're actually performing a facial treatment. Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to be mindful of giving them really good tips to make their careers as long as possible. And, you know, hopefully we do span across the, the whole country so that we can just, you know, amplify this education and really spread it all across because I do see, you know, I feel like education in general in the beauty industry, I don't want to say it's lacking, but I do feel like a lot of people come out of it not feeling completely prepared. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, you know, I really want to make sure that they understand, like, you know, if that means that you have to take courses outside of that school, then do it because it's only going to make you better. So if you feel like your school didn't, you know, do it for you, then you need to outsource them and you need to make sure that these are credible people um, that are providing that education so that you don't end up with bad habits and then get carpal tunnel or hurt your back or anything like that. And I also think it's important for estheticians, you know, I know we get into this business to help to transform, you know, skin, you know, we love the connection, we love the human touch. But I think a big part that I see, and you can jump in and tell me your opinion, is the lack of sales ability. Like you also have to learn to retail and to be confident and to know how to sell, which is more about recommending, but not you know, not just giving a great service, but extending that into education and therefore into recommending selling retail. Um, such an important part of your, a role of an esthetician, no matter who you work for, even if you're going to work in your own salon studio, you really need to get good at the business side and retailing. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, I think what the biggest fear is, is that maybe some estheticians they get into this business because they are a little bit more introverted so they do like this idea of being in a room by themselves with one guest one-on-one -on -one. you know it's very intimate um and i the feedback i've gotten is well i you know i don't want to be pushy and it's like no no you don't understand like the whole point of this is that you're essentially a skin therapist and that's great and all that your guest comes to you maybe you know, monthly or quarterly, but that is not nearly enough as the need of taking care of your skin day in and day out. So if that guest is experiencing X, Y, Z, whether it's, you know, acne, pigment, whatever it may be, that home care is what's going to make that biggest change in the skin. So we also do a business building portion of um, my training. And then I also make sure that I give them really detailed feedback on skin analysis as well. So being able to really upgrade and change that treatment mm -hmm. to the treatment that's going to work best for that guest, even if it is, you know, $75 more or $100 more, you really need to break down that fear because at the end of the day, you need to stay out of that guest's wallet. You can't assume that you know what they have. It doesn't matter, you know, what the person looks like. You cannot judge a book by its cover. Um, and people take their skin very seriously. I mean, it's the first thing that people see when you interact with them. So uh, it's really, really important to people. So just really building down those, those barriers with them. It, it can be tough because some of them are very introverted, but I mean, I, I know in the beginning of my career when I was not busy, I essentially was an on-the-floor salesperson in between servicing guests, you know. So if I came in and I only had two eyebrow waxes on, on my books, then guess what? I'm setting up a mini facial station and the makeup department, and we're going to tag team this. We're going to approach people that are maybe waiting for a hair service or a nail service. I can get, you know, mini treatment without 15 to 30 minutes, talk to mm -hmm. them about their skin. And uh, I think nine times out of 10, everybody has a concern for their skin, whether it's a small line on the forehead or, you know, um, hormonal acne, it, it doesn't matter. So everybody has some, some concern with their skin. So just really being able to read between the lines and kind of mm -hmm. pull it out of people. And that's why yeah. I really, really encourage breaking down that barrier and talking to people um, because you'll be amazed at what you get out of people. Absolutely. And even if you end up working as a solo esthetician after beauty school, you know, you still are going to need some of these skills. So if you're not busy, you know, rather than shutting down your room and going to Starbucks, 
Starbucks and hanging out, you know, until your next appointment, you know, work the salon floor that, you know, of the business that you work in or offer, you know, shoulder massages or, you know, a hand and arm massage while someone is, you know, processing their color and handing out your business card. You really have to put yourself out there and um, you can't let that fear stop you because you have to be your own advocate and build your business. Like no one is going to do it for you. Oh, absolutely. And so it was really funny that you say that. So like, let's say for instance, I came in and I only had a couple eyebrow waxes. I would literally tell my guests like, oh my gosh, lucky you, you came in on an amazing day and actually giving free skin analysis the way to all of my eyebrow waxes today. Is that okay if I cleanse your skin and do a really detailed skin analysis with my wood lamp and my mag lamp? Oh, nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, heck yeah. So then at that point, I get that that opportunity to really get to touch their skin. And really, I always say that um, an esthetician's hands are like your second pair of eyes. You start Mm -hmm. to feel the texture, feel for condition uh, or congestion, all of these things. And then from there, I'll say, oh, wow, like, I'm going to go ahead and finish you with products that are appropriate for your skin. Just based on my skin analysis, I, you know, I see you have underlying hyperpigmentation or some dehydration, and this is what I'm going to finish you with. And then I'll tell them about the products, walk them out. And then at that point, now they've felt my touch. So they know I give facials and they like how it feels. Or maybe they don't like how it feels. It really depends on the guest. But at least I gave myself a shot to say, okay, you felt my touch. I showed you my knowledge and products. I made sure I finished you with products that you're going to love on your skin type and for your skin concern. And then from there, I sort of just kind of left them with that little nook and then sparked their interest. Absolutely. I love that. And that's what you have to do. So any new SDs that are listening get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to eventually promote yourself and sell <laughs> at some point yeah. in your career. So you might as well get comfortable with it. It, it is a part of being an esthetician. So Melanie, I know now with, you know, COVID and, you know, we're all having to wear masks. I know you were telling me that you at Mario Tricosi have launched some treatments to combat that, which sounds very exciting and that's great. And for those people that can't get to a Mario's, what ingredients should people be looking for to treat what now the industry is calling maskne, which is breakouts, irritation from having to wear a face mask all day? Yeah, yeah. So this has been a huge concern. And if you actually Google the term maskne, you will be shocked at how many articles pop up. So it definitely is a relevant concern. All of us are experiencing it, unfortunately. Um, And then who better than an esthetician to be that point person to give advice rather than, you know, an article from E or something like that. So Mm -hmm. um, definitely this is a great opportunity to start a very relevant conversation with the guests. So some of my favorite ingredients um, that we're using is going to be oxygen. So oxygen is really, really important. This actually functions as like a, a natural benzoyl peroxide with it being less harsh on the skin. So essentially we're oxygenating deep down into the skin um, and where oxygen exists, bacteria cannot. So this will actually really cut down on the chances of you know, getting irritation, getting breakouts in that area, because essentially we're steaming the face. So the mask is completely covering our face. So it's dark and it's damp, which is the perfect breeding ground for bacteria to begin taking place on the skin. And then also we're getting oily. So we've got a lot of things going on under that mask. So really, really building up that barrier instead of breaking it down. So if you're a big retinol user or a big alpha hydroxy user, um, I'm not saying to get rid of those ingredients at all in your routine. I'm definitely just saying to cut it back, scale it back, and then up play some ceramides and some lipids, really build that barrier back to the skin Mm. um, because that will essentially really relieve the skin of any irritation and inflammation that's happening. I know a lot of people are also getting kind of raw and flaky um, in the area that they're wearing the mask as well. So it it definitely has been a challenge. So I've created a a few protocols. We're actually launching today. Um, So we're super excited because like I said, it's super relevant. So we're really trying to market 
to this guest concern. So they'll see it marketed throughout our whole salon and spa um, because it's not restricted just to people that get facials. I mean, this is also people that get their hair done um, who maybe don't, you know, get facials done. We definitely need to have this conversation with these guests to make sure that they're using the right products on their skin. Okay. So oxygen, and I think you, was there, I think we had talked and you had said there was a couple of other key ingredients. Was oh it? yeah. So fulvic acid is actually one of my favorite ingredients as well. So products that um, incorporate ingredients that kill bacteria on the surface, as well as provide nourishment for the skin. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of that. Um, so we have some beautiful products. We carry um, Dr. Babor as well as Glymed Plus. And Glymed Plus actually has a really, really lovely serum called Fulvic Acid or Fulvic Elixir. Um, and this is essentially, it's like a nutrient booster for the skin. It's packed with vitamins and minerals for the skin, um, but it also functions as being antimicrobial. So it's completely going to help to kill the bacteria on the surface of the skin and keep it nice and clean. Um, Babor also has something very similar um, in their soothing line, which is really interesting and perfectly appropriate that we're actually transitioning to soothing products that are going to build up the barrier. Um, and this particular soothing line actually has a derivative of um, an ingredient called microsilver as well as their neuroxyl complex and the microsilver is really beautiful because it actually acts as a natural preservative for the product so the whole the whole line is actually very minimal and in the ingredient list because if you think of someone who's very sensitive or sensitized or rosacea prone they really really need a product that has no fragrance, um, no preservatives, no colorants, very, very clean. Um, and essentially this line is, is packed with all of that. It does not have preservatives. It does not have fragrance, none of that. So it's really, really a clean ingredient. And this microsilver actually functions as a natural preservative of the product, as well as being able to inhibit bacterial growth as well. So they have it in a cleanser, they have it in a moisturizer, um, as well as the serum. So it's really, really great. It comes in an ampule as well. And then we also have our Dr. Babor Pro um, that has a microsilver serum as well. And these are lovely ingredients because they absorb really nicely into the skin, especially for people that are maybe concerned with over oil production. Um, however, it's really going to dose the skin with, with everything that it needs to really keep that skin nice and clear. And also, this is really new to a lot of people because if they haven't been experiencing breakouts or a sensitized skin type, they're definitely going to have to have this conversation with their guests as an esthetician so that they can understand the function of this product because it's probably going to be something quite new to them. And so I know Mario Tricosi sells now on their online platform. And if people want to buy any of these products that you're talking about, I know you have a code that they can use when they purchase. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So we do have quite a, a, a lot of products actually on our e-commerce. So really, really excited for the launch of that. Um, and so that website is going to be iam.tricochi.com slash Melanie, and that's M-E-L-A-N-I-E. And if you go to the product range, you can find everything that I just talked about. So we have oxygen in a cleansing form, as well as a moisturizer. We have a beautiful ceramide serum. We have our fulvic elixir serum, as well as our soothing cleanser and our soothing cream that are really, really great products to pair with right now so that you can keep those breakouts at bay as well as that irritation from maskne. That's awesome. And yeah, so maskne is kind of a new term that we're using right now in beauty because of this whole need to wear masks. But post- COVID. Let's look to the future. Hopefully this will be past us eventually. What, as a beauty lover, what do you see for the future of aesthetics? Oh yeah. Well, so I definitely think that, you know, at home treatments are going to be more and more relevant. Um, 
even if COVID goes away, I definitely feel like people are really embracing more natural, clean beauty. So I definitely see that transition to this clean beauty, um, as well as devices that can be used at home. So more natural things that are maybe easier to do, such as gua sha or rollers, things like that, that you can get your, your products deeper into the skin, as well as get some lifting and firming from it. I, I myself, I really, really love gua sha. It's something that I am looking to launch down the line. It's definitely mm -hmm. more of this natural and clean beauty. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really excited about it. It's just now I'm, I'm teaching myself how to, you know, get the amplified results that I want. So how do I, you know, lift a certain, you know, section of the face? Um, and then also it's just very, very relaxing. So, oh, I know. Um, mm -hmm. I love I it. I love it. Do it in, in the bathtub. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I actually, I do it daily on my skin. I just, I love the feeling. It just, I feel like it does sculpt and lift my cheeks. It really depuffs under my, I just, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Gua Sha and it's amazing. And I can't wait um, to see what uh, Mario Tricosi does with it because they always take it to the next level. So that's really, really exciting. Oh yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. And Melanie, you know, thanks so much for sharing all of your tips and tricks. It's been great. But before we, we part, I wanted to ask you, and I think I kind of already might know the answer just based on all of the, the things you shared with me, but what has the beauty industry meant to you? Wow. Wow. It's meant everything to me, honestly. I myself suffered from acne for a really long time. So I think the biggest part for me is just being able to make that change in the skin and really help estheticians understand how they can do that as well for their guests. And with that, I mean, we can change lives. Like I said, the skin is the first thing that people see. And if I'm able to help a few people, um, I think that is the most wonderful part of my position is really helping estheticians help others. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh, I love that. And I think everyone that probably has gone through your class is so grateful for your passion and your patience and for helping them launch their careers. And, you know, in our guest show notes, there will be information for you to connect with Melanie on social media and LinkedIn. And Melanie, I can tell you're the kind of person that if somebody listening needs some help and they reach out to you, you'll be more than happy to guide them and and give them some advice. Oh, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah. Melanie, I love you to death. I think you're amazing. And I can't wait to see what you do in the future. I can't wait to see the future of your role with Mario Tricosi and where that's all going to take you and the company itself. So I appreciate, again, your time for being on my show and sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Claudia. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.